In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our text is the Gospel reading, which I've already read. In the Old Testament reading for today, we hear a warning. A warning against false and lying prophets. Instead of speaking the mind of the Lord, they filled people with vain hopes. This means that the false prophets had caused the people of God to put their hope in something else rather than in the truth of God's word. And what happens then when someone puts his trust in something other than the Lord's word? Well, St. Paul says it best. They refused to love the truth and so be saved. If we do not have the truth of God's word, we cannot be saved. This is the reason Lutherans and Lutheran pastors have been so preoccupied with right doctrine these 500 years. We live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. God speaks truth in a world that is overrun with the lies of the devil. In John 8, Jesus says, The devil was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The devil's primary weapon of choice against us is the twisting of God's word into a lie. He did this with Eve in the garden, and he continues to do it down to our own day. We can see this in what is probably the greatest scandal facing the church today. Not whether or not we should wear masks, that's something else. But it is the fact that there are so many different kinds of churches around. How many different churches are there just in Jackson County alone? Outsiders will look at us and they will laugh at how divided we are along the lines of what we believe about God and his word. Supposedly, we're all working from the same book but we have so many different ideas as to what it says. But again, the devil has always done this. He doesn't want the church to have peace in the world. When Abel believed the truth of God's word, Cain rose up and killed him. When Paul preached, enemies like Alexander the silversmith, Hymenaeus and Philetus rose up and opposed him. The devil loves to stir up trouble among the faithful of God's people, and he does it by trying to confuse us as to what the Word of God actually says. In short, he loves false teaching. So in today's Gospel reading, Jesus charges the church to beware of such false prophets as enemies of the Gospel. In order to combat false teaching, the Lord Jesus has sent out pastors to preach and teach the word of God in its truth and purity. In fact, today in fulfillment of that, Andrew Keller, Pastor Keller's son, will be ordained and installed in Christ church for such a task as this. But it is interesting that here, in our text from Matthew 7, Jesus isn't charging pastors to beware of false prophets. He's charging you all with that task. This is in line with what the scriptures teach elsewhere. 
St. John writes in his first epistle, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. The holy apostles praised the Berean Christians in Acts because they did not simply receive the apostles on their own teaching without checking first what the word of God said from the Old Testament prophets. St. Paul, likewise, said to the Corinthians, I speak to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. And so when Jesus says, beware, he is speaking to you. But how is it that you are to beware, to look out for, to watch out for this false teaching? With what will you measure the truth? Well, a judge in a civil court would not dare pass sentence according to his own feelings or opinions. If he did, there would be no true justice at all. He should use nothing other than the standard of our own laws. In Christianity today, unfortunately, feelings and opinions too often drive our theology. Too often we decide what we like based on how we feel about something rather than what does it actually say in the word of God. And so Christians are, like the civil judge, to use a measure. And the measuring line for us, for the truth, is the word of God. Like the Berean Christians I mentioned before, we ought to check everything we hear about Jesus against the word of God. This means that you must, like they were, become masters of the word of God. We must take our example from the apostle St. Peter. For when he was asked if he too wanted to walk away from Jesus because he was teaching something difficult, he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You alone have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. This means, dear friends in Christ, that we must repent of the casual way in which we engage with the Scriptures. Not a day should go by that we don't go to the pure fountain of Israel and drink from its refreshing spring. God's word is sweeter than honey, and yet how often do we return to it? Well, you may say here, well, we have a school and a pastor to teach us and our children the word, and that's good. Thanks be to God. But is the word of God such a fixture in your own home that you have it completely mastered? I know that I don't. Even Luther, one of the greatest theologians of the church, returned to the word of God daily, reciting it, memorizing it, going over it again so that he could master it. You see, without God's word, St. Paul says that we are nothing more than a ship without an anchor to be blown about by the winds of new doctrine. Without the word of God, how much easier is it for the devil to deceive and mislead us into despair, especially in our current age of unrest? Now is the time for more Bible study, not less. Go back to the catechism. Learn how God would have you live, pray, and believe, and to receive the forgiveness of sins that he has given through the sacraments, through your baptism, through the absolution, through the supper here today. 
Sing hymns not because they make you feel good, but because they actually teach you good doctrine. As the psalmist teaches us to sing, Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. With God's word in tow, you will be able to recognize a false prophet. Jesus says the most dangerous are not those who tell outright lies. Instead, he warns you against those who have a good appearance. We have to look at a prophet's fruit to see if he's genuine. If he does not point you to Christ and to his sacraments, you must flee from him, for he is nothing more than a wolf in sheep's clothing. It doesn't matter if he is a national bestseller. It doesn't matter if he has a full church on Sundays. If he does not teach that baptism saves and that the bread and wine on the altar are Christ's true body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins, he is a false teacher. He is an operative of the father of lies seeking to devour you whole. Your Lord here forbids you to listen to him. St. Paul also adds, but, if, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For the words of a false teacher lead to death. Dearly beloved, we live in days and times that are evil and perilous. The time to flee from false teachers in and outside the church is right now. And so let us listen to Christ and to his word. For Jesus' words are spirit and life, and they lead to its fruit, eternal life. In Jesus' name. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus, our Lord.